New City, are you ready for the gospel? Amen. 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 I am ready for the gospel, New City. I am so excited. Uh, We have upcoming uh, now, we are entering into a sermon series through the book of Genesis. Through the book of Genesis. So please turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Very first book of the Bible, very first verse of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse, starting at verse 1. We're going to those, who, those of you who may be wondering when I announce the sermon series through Genesis, if whether, if we, whether we're going to stay here until the year 2025, we are going to go, the plan, uh, Lord willing, is to go through about the first 11 chapters of Genesis and then go to a New Testament book and then perhaps go back and, and take, so we're going to take Genesis in sections, okay? We're going to take it in sections. And, uh, and so, but we're going to start here at Genesis chapter 1. Verses uh, uh, starting in, in chapter 1, going up through Genesis 2, verse 3. This is God's Word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. There was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and Fruit trees bearing fruit in which is, is in which in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. God said, and God said, Let there be lights in the expanses of the heavens to separate the day. From the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. 
And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with, which, with, with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about creation as a pattern for redemption. Creation as a pattern for redemption. I'm going to highlight a few selected themes out of the host of themes that arise out of this foundational text. This is foundational text. And I, I'm going to avoid talking about some things that you might think I would talk about. For instance, I'm not going to talk about the modern scientific debates about the length of days. Amen, somebody. <laughs> I'm going to avoid that landmine on today. But, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm, not just, I'm not just trying to uh, sidestep the issue. Instead of, I, really, really, I, this is so important that we understand this, New City. When we come to God's when we come to God's Word, and, and, and when God's Word is proclaimed in our hearing, and, and, and even as, as, as we preach God's Word, it's an exercise in submission. Well, what we've got to say is, is, is not, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. Not, not my agenda, Lord, but, but, but your agenda is what we're on today. And so instead of trying to, 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 to pull the text to, to, to get onto our modern scientific agenda, I'm hoping that we can, in submission to our God, get on its agenda. I'm not saying that the debates that, that are out there about the length of days don't have any uh, fruit. They are, they are interesting debates, fascinating debates, 
uh, uh, I think they, you can learn a lot uh, by learning how very, uh, um, how very faithful biblical exp- Bible expositors and, 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 and theologians uh, are able to talk about all the wonderful uh, ways that we can understand these things and, and the glories that the Lord revealed through these things. But we're not going to talk about that quite today. Because, see, listen, the biblical creation narrative, this, this text that we have before us, was first delivered to an ancient people, ancient Israel, a vulnerable, fledgling nation rescued from 400 years of bondage in Egypt and surrounded by polytheistic pagan neighbors. They they, they were wondering about their place in the world. That they were wondering about, about, about the true God, and, and, and more than anything else, uh, they needed to know that their covenant God is the one true God, and that their covenant God could fulfill every promise He had made to protect and save His people. That's what they needed to know. Because, listen, listen, these, these, these pre-fall realities were first revealed in a post-fall world. This word was given to people who needed saving and and people who needed to know that God could do the saving. And and so 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 the Lord revealed this word in, in, in such a way that it conveys not only the realities, the historical realities of creation, but He revealed it in such a way that it gives the pattern for the new creation. Creation for the sake of salvation. Creation which, which, which lays out a, a pattern for how God would save his people. And so let's, 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 let's look at the first point here about creation. The first point is that God creates by his word. God creates by his word. That's the first point on our outline. Let's fill that in. God creates by His Word. Look, look at what verse number one says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First thing we see is that God creates. And Genesis 1 uses a very special word to describe God's creation, a word, bara, bara. And that, that, that word describes God's act of creating everything that exists. And, 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 in all of, and this is a fascinating word because in all of Scripture, in all of Scripture, uh, bara is only used of God's action. Only used, it's, it's, it's a word that belongs to God alone. You see, creatures can form, creatures can build, creatures can rearrange, Creatures can, can try to make things, but only God and God alone creates. Only God barahs. And, and this revelation, this, this revelation that the Lord gave to his people distinguished their God, the, the God of Israel, from every other conception of the divine. You, you see, in, in the ancient world, uh, uh, the people uh, conceived of God in human-like ways. 
In their minds, uh, for instance, the Egyptians and the, and the Babylonians, they, they all had creation myths uh, about how the gods uh, supposedly fashioned the world with the assistance of one another, uh, with pre-existent materials. Uh, how, how, how they, they had what are called theogonies, and theogonies is a word that simply describes a myth about how the gods came into existence. You see, in the ancient world, uh, they could only think of gods in, 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 in human-like ways. Before they received this revelation, they could, they could only think of gods who, who had to come into existence and, and who had to use the kinds of things that were already in existence to form and, and shape the world. But, 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 but Genesis reveals the God of Israel as the uncreated, the uncontested, the, the, the undisputed sole creator of all that exists. Now, I want you to notice that that. that Everything that the other nations worshipped as gods, the God of Israel spoke into existence. you, you got to think that, 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 that ancient Israel had lived 400 years beneath Egyptian bondage. They, 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 they knew very well the things that the Egyptians worshipped. And, and, and the Egyptians worshipped as, uh, as their highest deity, the sun. And, 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 and they worship the, the, the Nile River, and they, and they worship snakes and other animals. They, they worship all of these things. And, and so when they heard this word coming forth, uh, uh, from, from, uh, 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 they realized that, 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 that the God that they worshiped didn't need to create the sun until the fourth day. That the God that they worshipped created the sun and the moon and the stars and the rivers and everything that the Egyptians worshipped and had depended on and thought were the highest powers. That God himself, their God, had created all of these things. That he reigns over all of these things and that they were subject to his bidding. You see, in the ancient world, people had tribal deities. At least they thought that they had tribal deities. And in the ancient mindset, the, the more powerful your tribal deity, the more safe you felt. If, 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 your, if your tribal deity had a lot of power, you felt like a, a, a safe nation, a, a nation that, 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 that was kept secure. But, 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 but what Israel is hearing is that, is that it is the safest nation of all the nations. Because the God that they worshipped was no mere tribal deity. The, the God that had made covenant with them was the God that created everything that exists. He was the supreme creator, the grand potentate, the one that is king of kings and lord of lords. He needed no one's counsel to create. He needed no pre-existing materials to work with. And through eight successive declarations, and God said... And it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. The Lord single-handedly brought forth everything that was made through the instrumentality of his word. Ancient Israel, beloved, were a people of the promise a covenant community whose very life depended on the power of God's Word. The, 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 the power of God's Word and God's faithfulness to keep His Word. And so as they heard this account of the power of that Word, they, they, they would have been stunned. They would have been comforted. 
They would have been overjoyed and reassured that our God is able to keep every promise. That, 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 the very, that the very same word that, that, that promised us a, a salvation, the very same word that promised us adoption, the very same word that promised that, 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 that we would be safe and secure and saved is the very same word that spoke the world into existence. And, and if this God be for us, who could be against us? If this promise be given to us, who, who, who could stop this promise? Is there anything too hard for this God? You see, they were comforted by the power of God's word. And, and listen, beloved, so should we. Because just as ancient Israel were people of the promise, so are we children of the promise. Just as they were dependent on God's ability to fulfill every promise, every redemptive promise, every saving promise, so are we. We have come this morning hoping to hear that word, that powerful, strong word. And, 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 and we know that that word, that, 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 inch, that, that divine word that through whom all things were created has been revealed as none other than Jesus Christ our faithful Lord and Savior to whom we belong. See, we are people of the promise. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, that is Jesus Christ, was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. John spoke these things in order for people who, who had come to belong to Christ to know the God that they were dealing with, to know the word that they had been secured and saved in, to, to, to have a, a great sense of confidence and assurance that, that there is nothing too hard for our God. The same word through whom the heavens and the earth were made is able to fulfill every promise that he has made to you. And beloved, he didn't need our consultation to do it. Beloved, he doesn't need our help to do it. Well, wasn't that the theme that we just got through dealing with in the book of Galatians? People who thought that they needed to help the word people that thought they needed to come alongside the Word, people that thought that the Word needed pre-existing materials, that, that the Word needed our religious works, that the Word needed our circumcision, that the Word needed our faithfulness, that the Word needed the things that, that we did in order to bring salvation. But, but this Word is saying that God doesn't need our help to bring a, a, a salvation. In fact, we can't help God do nothing. If new creation will, will come into existence, if life will come from the dead, if, if order will form from chaos, then God alone must bring it about. And he will do it through the instrumentality of his mighty gospel, the power of God unto salvation for all those who will believe. Our God is the uncreated sole creator of our salvation. He alone created and he alone must bring about the new creation. And, and through his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and outpoured spirit, the word made flesh does a supernatural work that only God can do. Only the word, beloved, can bring spiritual light where there was darkness. 
Only the word, beloved, can bring life and vitality and fullness where there was emptiness and barrenness and disorder. And so 2 Corinthians 5, 17 puts it this way. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. So God creates by his word. And here's another thing that we see in this passage, that God nurtures by his spirit. God nurtures by his spirit. That, that, that's something that we need to hear. That's something that we need to know living in a, a, fall, living in a world, of a post-fall world, li li living in this world. We, we need to know that God nurtures by his spirit. Look, look at what it says. Verse number two says, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is interesting. If you look back at the, 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 the Hebrew constructions here, the, the Hebrew literally says that the earth was tohu wabohu. Now let's see, I'm going to teach y'all some Hebrew this morning. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Repeat after me. Tohu Wabohu. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You thinking, what in the world did I just say? I hope you don't got us saying bad words in here, Pastor. <laughs> I don't know what a tohu wabohu is. Tohu wabohu means formless and empty. The, the earth was a dark abyss, uninhabitable and inhospitable to life. But, 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 and this is interesting because, because in the Hebrew construction, when it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, really the sense of the mood of the text is, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The, 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 listen, when God, the world was, was, was barren and waste. The world was uninhabitable. The world couldn't, couldn't sustain life. And, and it looked like things that, that, that had so much potential were, may go into chaos, but the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. The, 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 it, things looked like they were about to, 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 to go the opposite direction, but God came along, and the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. And the, and the word used to describe what the Spirit of God did is an interesting word. is rakaf. Rakaf is a bird word. It's a bird word, which specifically describes the way in which a mother eagle carefully, protectively, and intimately flutters over its chicks as it, as it feeds them and teaches them to fly. The Spirit of God was not distant from creation, not standoffish from creation, but God, through His Spirit, personally and carefully superintended and nurtured creation, directing it and bringing it from formlessness to form. And then from form to fullness. And we see that same pattern throughout this text. The expanse is formed. And then, listen, filled with the light of the sun and the moon and the stars and the flying creatures would fill the sky. The oceans were formed and then filled with vegetation and swarms of sea creatures. The land was formed and then filled with trees and animals and and, 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 and even the human race. And the entire creation is brought from formlessness to form 
and then from form to fullness, as, as the Lord brings to completion all that he has made and then enters his Sabbath rest. And from form to fullness is the pattern not only, not only in, in, in creation, but also in recreation, also in redemption, also in redemptive history. Way back in Deuteronomy 32, 11, in the Song of Moses, the Lord uses the very same bird word, rakaf, to describe how he found Israel in a howling waste of a wilderness and surrounded and protected and nurtured and directed Israel like a mother eagle that hovers over its young chicks, bringing a, 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 a people who weren't a people into a people. And, and then forming them and, and, and then nurturing them and then directing them and bringing them to fullness. I love this account because, because this, is, this, this account came in Deuteronomy. This is after the people of God had, 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 had rebelled against the Lord and had, had messed up a whole lot of times and had, and had, and, and, and had decided they, they were too scared to go into the promised land. And they, they wandered around the wilderness. And, and when Moses stands up to, to talk about what the Lord had done for them, he says, you know, the Lord, the Lord treated you like a mother bird. The, 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 Lord, the Lord hovered over you like a mother bird, and, 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 and I love that, that image because the mother bird teaching the chicks how to fly, the, 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 the chicks don't learn to fly the very first time. The, the, the chicks don't grow up uh, uh, immediately after they're fed the first time, but it's a process. It's a process of two steps forward and sometimes three steps back. But, 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 but the mother bird is, 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 is faithful and, and the mother bird is patient and the, the mother bird is, is calling them forward. And, and, and that's what the Lord has done for us. The Lord is, is patient with us and, and he's carefully uh, directing us and, and bringing us to the place that he's called us to be in. And isn't that the way the Lord deals with us, New City Fellowship? Uh, as, 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 as Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, did not leave us as orphans. He, he said he was going to send someone. The, the, the same Spirit of God that hovered upon the waters, the Lord poured out that Spirit of God to hover above, uh, hover above the church. And the Spirit of God is hovering above the church, and, and, and the Spirit of God is surrounding the church, and the Spirit of God is filling the church, and the Spirit of God is protecting the church, and the Spirit of God is nurturing the church, and the Spirit of God is guiding the church, and the Spirit of God is patiently and carefully bringing us to the place that God has destined us to be. Sometimes when we get discouraged, we need to recognize that this is the pattern, that, 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 that it is not going to happen all at once, that, 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 that it's a patient, progressive work in our lives. Sometimes we, 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 we want to go, we wanna go from, from, from form to fullness all overnight, but, but, but the Lord is patiently working our character. He, he's, he's mercifully bringing us uh, 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 to fruition. Have you ever noticed the kinds of images that, that the Lord gives when he talks about the kingdom of God? He's never, he never gives fast images. He says, you know, it's like a seed. <laughs> it's like a seed. I mean, you know, we want, we want something quick. We want something instant, but the Lord says it's like a seed. It's like, it's like a baby bird learning to fly. It takes a while. It's a messy process. But, but the Lord is faithful, and the Lord is patient through it. 
And we, when we get discouraged, we, we've got to remember that it's a process to bring us to completion. Pa Paul was able to look at folks that had all kinds of problems and all kinds of weaknesses in the church at, at Corinth. Uh, you remember, these are folks that messed up real bad. Folks that had all kinds of junk and mess in their life. And, 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 and they, they, if you, if you want to set forth a model of a dysfunctional church, you can look at the church at Corinth. But yet Paul was able to look at them, and he was able to realize that the Spirit Spirit of God was still at work with them. That Spirit of God was still hovering above the waters. That the Spirit of God was still bringing them to, from formlessness to form and from form to fullness. And he was able to say that this weak and, and, and oftentimes unfaithful church, weak and wandering church, he was able to say, listen, listen, the Lord will sustain you to the end. He will sustain you guiltless in the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord is not going to leave you. He was able to say to the church in Philippi, listen, I'm going to tell you something that I'm sure of. He said, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's good news for us, New City Fellowship. That's wonderful news. Because as, as we think about our lives and as we think about our corporate lives, we, we realize that we're not in this by ourselves. And that God is not the grand watchmaker that stands at a distance, that God is intimately involved with all the things of our life and, and all the things of our church. And the Lord is not just intimately involved, just kind of passively involved. He's intimately involved guiding and directing and teaching and nurturing and caring and making sure that we get to the place that the Lord has intended us to be. And that's our hope on this morning. It's not, in our, it's, it's not in our power and ability and faithfulness to stay so faithful to the Lord, but it's, it's in God's power and ability and love and faithfulness to us. That he, that, not, not just that I in my own strength will persevere, but the Spirit of God will persevere in me. The Spirit of God will persevere over me. The Spirit of God will persevere through me. That's our hope. Here's the last point. Not only does God create by his word, not only does God nurture by his spirit, but also God delights in his creation. God delights in his creation. That, that, that's, a, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting thing that we see here. It's not oftentimes talked about. It's not talked about enough in some of our circles. You know, you, you get the sense when people talk about God that sometimes we always talk about the angry God. But, but, but I want you to see the God that's presented here in Genesis chapter 1. Is it a God that hates his creation? Is it a God that wants to throw his creation away? I, I, I would submit that it's not because, because over and over again, a God looks and God saw that it was good. Verse 3 and 4, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. There's a repeated pattern of divine approval that goes throughout the passage and culminates in verse 31. After the creation and blessing of humanity, the Lord looks at all that he has created, especially the human beings and his blessing upon them and everything that he made. And, and he said, behold, it was very good. You know, in the ancient world, people oftentimes made a number of mistakes when they thought about the, the created world. They, they either worshipped it or they trashed it. 
They either worshipped it as a deity or they trashed it as worthless and evil and meant to be escaped. And, 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 and this text keeps us from doing either one. It lets us know, first of all, that, that, that the creation is just that. It's a creature. And it's, and, and it's, and it's, it's infinitely beneath uh, it, its creator, that, 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 it's cre- that, we, that the God alone is worthy to be worshipped. But, but it also helps us to know that God didn't make no junk. That God didn't make no junk. God, God didn't, didn't, didn't create this world just to be trashed. Okay. You know, people in the ancient world often thought they could achieve godliness by escaping the world. Because they thought that the world was somehow inherently evil. If I could just escape the world, if I could just keep myself from certain foods and, and from certain things, then, 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 then I, 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 can, I, can, I can be godly. I can move into this cave and, and I can avoid great tasting food and I can avoid fun and I can avoid enjoyment and I'll be godly. Have you ever met people like that? <laughs> I say, yep, absolutely. People, and I think, because I think this, this, is, this, is a, this is a thought that is oftentimes in our, in our world today, oftentimes it's particularly in religious circles, that people feel like if I could just avoid having all semblance of fun, because religious people ain't really happy, we're not really fun, we don't like to play games, we don't like to eat good food, all the food must be bland. We just, we just, we ate for amen. Help us, <laughs> help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, help us, Lord. Free us from that. But, but listen, listen, this is a wonderful thing because, because when the Lord, when the Lord spoke this, this, this pre-fall reality into a post-fall world, he's helping people that didn't realize that, 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 that creation is fundamentally good know that creation is fundamentally good. It's fundamentally good. And this revelation of the goodness of creation gave God's people amongst all the people the liberty to freely enjoy God's creation, knowing that their righteousness and that their standing with God was not a matter of the things they ate or drank, but it was a matter of God's grace and mercy in their life. You know, of course, we don't use our freedom as a cover for sin, but, but listen, but, but believers must be known as a people who freely delight in the goodness of creation because our God created it good. When people look at your life, they, your, life should look like, your life should look like happiness. Your life should look like enjoyment. Your life should look like fulfillment. People should look at your life and say, man, those folk over there just know how to enjoy a, a beautiful day at the beach. Those folk over there just really know how to enjoy a, a good-tasting steak. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and and, 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 and they, like, they like bacon. Oh, Lord, they like bacon. And, 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 and those folk over there, they, they know how to enjoy God's good creation. They know, they recognize that, that it's good. It's good. You know, this is one of the things that, 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 that came into the church as a false teaching, where, where people, you look at, you look, if you look back at 1 Timothy chapter 1, you'll see that there, there were false teachers that came into uh, the church and said, well, you know, you can't really eat this, and you can't really eat that, and you can't really get married, and you can't do this, and you can't, all kinds of things they told the folks that they couldn't do because they didn't think that the creation was good. 
And, and Paul had to come back and say, look, look, no, 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 the Lord created these things good, and, 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 and nothing is to be uh, rejected you, uh, if, if, it, if it's sanctified by thanksgiving and prayer. Because God created it good. And even despite the fall, even though, even though sin came into the world, sin could not destroy the fundamental goodness of God's good creation. Isn't it amazing that we can wake up in the morning in a fallen world and see the sun shining? Have you ever thought about that? Isn't it amazing that in a fallen world you can go to the beach and, and, and hear the sound of, of the waves and, 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 and look out in the starry sky and see the beauty of what God has made in a fallen world? Because, listen, even sin could not destroy the fundamental goodness of God's good creation. And so when the Lord, the Lord revealed to his people that these are things that he's given for us, did you notice that? That, 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 that when God made, notice what it says. It says when, when God made the stars, he made them to give signs and, and seasons on the earth. And then God put on a show. I mean, God did something when he made these galaxies. And then he said, look, I'm going to make all of this, and, and I want you people to look up at it. And I, wa I want it to help you. I'm doing it to help you for signs and seasons to enjoy and to direct you and, to, and for, you to, for you to know how great and good God truly is. And so it's all right, beloved. We can have fun as a church together. We can, we can, have, we can have fellowship and, and we can laugh hard and we can, we, we, can, we, can have, we can play hard and we can just rejoice in God's good creation and we can give God the praise for it. We can go to good movies and, and we can listen to good music. Have, have, have mercy. We can listen to good music. Have you, what, what, what's this thing about Christians don't like good music? <laughs> we, 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 we can listen to good music and, and we can enjoy all the wondrous things that the Lord our God has created. And we can give God the praise for doing it. And, and listen, listen, last of all, last of all, I want you to notice the text, what the text says, because the text is not just talking about creation itself. The text, more importantly, is telling us something about God. I want you to notice how the, you know, the text could have said, and, 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 and God created these things good. Certainly it conveys that sense, but, but it, it, it's, it's saying something a little bit different. It's saying something a little bit more nuanced than that. It says, and God saw that it was good. Have you noticed that? Look at that. You say, God saw that it was good. Why is it telling us it in, why is it saying it in this way? It could have just said God created it good or, or God created it and it was good. But it says specifically that God saw that it was good. Well, well, well what it's telling us is not just telling us about the, the, the state of creation itself, but it's telling us about something about God himself. And what it's telling us is that God delights in his creation. That God rejoices in his creation. That God smiles upon the work of his hands. And, and listen, listen, and, and that delight and that joy and God's, God's delighting and smiling upon the work of his hands is the pattern for the new creation. Because in Christ, God has reconciled the people to himself so that God might delight in us so that God might smile over at us, so that God might look at Jesus Christ on us and in us and through us and say, it is very good. <laughs> and I, and I, I know, 
I know sometimes we, we look at our lives and we say, man, I wish I was, and, and I wish I was more than I am. I wish I, wish I could do better than I do. But, but I want you to know that when the Lord God looks at your life, he sees the fragrance of, your, of his son. He sees the righteousness of his son. He sees the spirit of his son. And he looks and he smiles on your life. And he says, it is good and very good. Listen, listen, he, 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 you remember, remember what the Lord said about Jesus when, when, when Jesus went to be baptized, he said this, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Remember what the Lord said about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? He, he, he said, this is my son. This is my son. Listen to him. Listen, listen. In the very same righteousness, the, the very same uh, righteousness that the Father declared is pleasing in his sight, that the Father declared is good in his sight, the Lord God has given that righteousness for us. He's clothed us in that righteousness. We've been adopted in Jesus Christ. And as he sees sinners clothed in that wonderful righteousness, as he sees sinners baptized into Christ, as he sees sinners filled with Christ, even in our humble efforts to please him, even when we mess up, even when we don't do it quite right, the Lord says, I'm still pleased because you're caught up in my son. I'm still pleased because you're clothed in my son. I'm still pleased because you're baptized in my son. I want you to, I, 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 I want you to think about this, beloved. Listen, listen. When, when you're a little child, your little five-year-old child, your kindergarten-age child brings you a picture. And, and, and you look at that picture. And, and you look at it and you try to figure out, okay, <clears throat> is this a donkey? Or is this an airplane? Or is this a tree? <laughs> and and you, you're trying to figure out that out in your mind, but you never let on, do you? You smile at them. You smile at them and you, and you look at them and you take them in your arms and say, so you, you say, I'm so happy with it. This is so beautiful. This, this is so wonderful. And it's not because it looks like a Michelangelo and it's not because it looks like a Picasso, but it's because it came from your child. It came from your son. It came from your daughter. And the nature of the relationship makes you pleased even with an imperfect effort. Because to, woo, because to you it's beautiful. And I, and I want you to think about that that's the way the Lord looks at your life. I know sometimes you bring stuff to the Lord and, and you can't tell whether it's a donkey or a banana or, or what it is. But, but man, you don't even want to bring it to the Lord sometimes. But, but, but the Lord stoops down in his grace and in his mercy. And he knows that you are adopted in Christ. And he says, but it's still beautiful to me. And it's still pleasing to me. And he looked and he said, I'm still well pleased with it. It's amazing. It's amazing that with all the mess and the junk in our life, one day we will stand before the Lord and he will look at us and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so this, this, this pattern of God being delighted in creation comes to fulfillment in Jesus Christ, comes to culmination in Jesus Christ. It reaches its apex in Jesus Christ. I, I, I just want us, I just, I didn't want, I, I couldn't hit everything that's in this passage, so much in this passage, but I just want us to think on those things, uh, creation as a pattern for redemption. Amen, New City Fellowship. Amen. Amen.